You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. We are back at it again for another episode of the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. Chica Eloy here with my co-pilot, Jay Teresi. What's up, Jay? Good to be here, Chica, working from home again, which is a new change in my life. I love to hear this, and I can't wait to unpack that a little bit more uh, over the coming episodes, Jay. Um, well, you weren't with us in physical presence last, uh, last week when I got to speak with Nancy. What was your kind of reaction to that episode? What a cracker. Yeah. You know, I love the topic of inner healing. The, the more I grow, the more I research, and I really think the more secular and faith-based psychology moves forward, we begin to recognize the deep impact trauma has and how it can take years to unpack one episode. One episode of trauma can have multiple levels that, that you got to go back to and go back to and go back to. And you think about all the different traumas that have that have piled up on us. And you know, you can't compare trauma because the body keeps the score. So one person's trauma may look outwardly different than another person's. And you might be tempted to say, well, that guy went to war, so my trauma is not as important. But the reality is trauma is trauma. And it's just amazing. She took us to some pretty interesting places, you know, how how much there is to mine there. So good. I'm still reflecting and I've listened to that episode twice. So that's another two hours. Listeners, if you have not checked out last week's episode with Nancy Lamborn, you've got to go back and check it out. It's a fantastic deep dive into just spiritual healing. Um, and so today, as we kind of come out of that and the, the looking back as we've talked through with mental time travel, Jay, and we've closed that out now, what are we stepping into today? Well, I think it's a great segue into beginning a discussion around our authentic selves. Mm. And you can't really find your authentic self until you've healed because all that trauma adds layers to kind of what we've discussed here in terms of biblical manhood, the poser, the person we show the world. And every trauma kind of adds another interesting twist to that person you show the world. And as you unpeel those, you get back to your more authentic self and who we're meant to be in Christ as believers. And so I think that, that her conversation is a is a great path into the conversation we want to have today, which won't be super heavy, but it's a, it, we're going to begin talking about the labels we put on ourselves. So good. I love it. Well, let's pray, Jay. Heavenly Father, we bring this episode underneath your authority. And Lord, I ask that you can just unblock listeners' his ears. You can unblock listeners' personalities. You can unblock anything that may be stopping this message from truly delivering your Holy Spirit. Um, into it, Lord. And we just, as we walk forward, as we continue to just build out this podcast, Lord, we just give it all to you. And we love you so much. And we look forward to walking with your spirit today. Amen. Amen. Okay, Jay. So let me turn the table real quick and talk to you about an observation that I've made over the past, I want to say full year. And, you know, I, I think that they call it um, reticular activation syndrome. When you buy a car and suddenly you see that car everywhere, I'm having this same this same interesting moment come up when people are referring to their personality types. And for the listeners, you've done personality tests before. You've heard of all of the different Myers Briggs. Um, man, in 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 the church world, there's this really cool one right now with what twelve different levels. Jade, you know the one I'm talking about. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the DISC models. I mean, if you've done corporate learning before, you've, you've been involved in that. Today, specifically, I want to speak towards introvert and extrovert. And an observation that I've made of late is that the introverts out there love to refer to them as introverts and almost take a like a prideful stance that they are an introvert and therefore almost elevating themselves against whatever other classifications there may be on that band across introvert, extrovert. Uh, and so, Jay, just first, let me pause there, get your reaction on that. Have you seen that anywhere? Maybe even extroverts bragging about the way that they're an extrovert, not an introvert. Well, I think our society, and this is pretty well documented, has always rewarded extroverts. And so if you have a bent, and we all have a bent, right? You know, when I think about all that corporate training stuff, Chica, I'm always in the yellow and red colors, you know, super extroverted, action-oriented, not big on data or touching all the boxes or process. But we live in a society that has celebrated extroverts and it's been more challenging to be an introvert. And now, you know, with all the things changing, uh, difference is celebrated. And so now we want to push different groups forward. And it's a pretty challenging time to find identity because there's so many identities to choose from now. That didn't used to be the case. It was like, now we live in a society in the United States and in a lot of the Western world of, I could just pick and choose. It's almost become like worldview, Chica, right? Mm. If you put too many worldviews together, you get real confused about what you believe. Well, what happens when you start putting a bunch of different identities together? And now we live in a world where you go and talk to teenagers now, you look at some of the surveys and these kids, they can't even identify themselves in terms of who am I? What do I believe? What am I about? What do I think about myself? Introvert, extrovert. Suddenly introvert and extrovert has become tame compared to what's available. Yeah. But yeah, I think what what your point is a good one, which is people are now leaning into, I am this way, therefore it excuses whatever behaviors that I choose to exhibit. You summed it up better than I could there, Jay. Um, when when we were talking about this just the other day, hanging out, and I, and I went back and tried to get a an idea of the genesis of where did the introversion and extroversion come from? It was actually Carl Jung who popularized who popularized the, the the terms. Apparently, back in 1921, he wrote a whole paper around psychological types, um, and the main idea was this definition that introverts focus their energy inward, whereas extroverts focus it outward. And I know that you and I could probably take different cuts of, of training that we've had around this through our corporate lens over the last decade. Um, and th- there are different ways now that people position the two. If you're introvert, is it that you truly focus inward or is it that when you retreat, that's where you get your energy from being inward? Um, and extroverts, is it they can't retreat, they need to always be around people to gather their energy from those kind of social scenarios as well. And then Adam Grant, the, you know, the modern day psychologist and great business author out there as well. He has now chosen a halfway stick and he's called it the ampivert. And I'll put a link to a cool video of me explaining it in another world, another time. But ampivert is the idea that you're almost like a volume meter where you can turn on introvert or turn it off and go to extrovert and kind of slide up and down the scale to match the scenario or social setting that you're in. Hmm. So with all of that said, the question that I asked Jay listeners the other day was, do you think Jesus was an introvert or do you think Jesus was more of an extrovert? And so let me pause there, Jay, because this is a fun topic. What did you call it? I guess he must have been an ampervert. An, an, an ampervert? An, an ampervert? Ampervert, yeah. You know, this is where I think things get real differentiated 
for the follower of Christ. And we're speaking to biblical men now. I know that women listen to our podcast, so women, this is for you also. But I'm going to speak to men. So Jesus was authentic. Authentic. And he knew who he was in his father. He knew who he was. And so his situational displays of his personality were not based in what do I think I need to show right now in this particular situation, but in the authentic outpouring of what the people around him needed. And then he needed certain things. So there were times, hey, I've got to go and be in solitude and silence with my father and get recharged. Does that make him an introvert? No, I think we all need to do that, whatever your particular design is. And this is important, Chica. We all do have a particular design and God knows what our design is. He designed us. And so there are aspects of our personality that are this or that, or my, I have a daughter that's an extreme introvert to use that language. She just is, but not when she's at home safe with us, <laughs> then you can't get her to be quiet. Right. I mean, that in the most loving way, but it's, it's almost comedic, but out in public, no way she won't say two things. But what's interesting is I'm going to use a big church word as we grow in our sanctification, we can't use this, and I said it earlier, as an excuse for our behavior. We have to ask ourselves the question, Lord, what are you trying to show me through this? Or what wounds did I take in my past that has caused this particular thing to come out in my personality? Or am I just designed this way? What does that mean? And how do I grow in this? That's, I think, what we have to do. And I've got a great example of that from the Bible, but I want to let you jump back in here first. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really just sitting with this idea of excuse. When you said excuse, I kind of stepped away from this conversation. I was like, where else have I learned? Where else have I healed from using things as an excuse to do other things? So an, an example I've heard, and again, this isn't specific to me, but what I've, what I've sat up and listened to is when a person that's drinking an alcoholic beverage comes and says, well, alcoholism's in my family. I can't help it. And so I continue to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I've, I've spoken to another gentleman where he says, you know, and, and the time where I react the most to porn is when I get rejected from my wife. Right. And so when I feel that sense of rejection, I just run because I know I can get it over there. And mm -hmm. so it, it's an interesting step back in reflection in, 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 in authenticity um, to ask yourself as a listener, to ask yourself as a man for the men listening, you know, where do I use an excuse? Um, where do I deflect? what is authentic to me because I just want to use an excuse to be inauthentic over here, potentially. And we can take a perverse sort of pride in it. Well, that's just the way I am. I just can't do anything about it. You know, if you're someone who is extroverted by nature, but you have used that to dominate every conversation you're in and make it all about you or react in certain ways, that's you using your personality traits as a weapon and as an excuse to act in any way you want to act. And that's not, that's not what happens after we become believers and Jesus begins to interweave his life into ours. And we begin to look and talk and walk more like him as the fruit of the spirit pours out in us. We get, we get what's called self-control and self-control that fruit of the spirit enables us to grow and change. And I'll give you a good example. We are all designed certain ways. If you look at Gideon from the Bible, Gideon, he, he needed reassurance. Gideon was asked to do certain things, and he's like, uh, I think I've heard from you, God, but I need you to do this, and I need you to do that. Okay, Gideon, Gideon needed that, and the Lord didn't hold him in contempt because the Lord knew how Gideon was. Now, we all know people that can get a word from the Lord, and it can sustain them for months and months, maybe years. Okay, I'm not like that. I get a word from the Lord, and then I'm like, I need, 
I need you to keep, I, I need to see more, God. I need to hear more. Is that right? We're designed certain ways. So some of us are designed more extroverted. Some of us are designed more introverted. But we all have the capability after we come to Christ, not only the capability, but it's the natural progression of things as we heal and grow and the fruit of the Spirit comes out in us to transform so that we can be what other people need us to be for their benefit, right? The two greatest commandments, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. As we get healing and learn to love ourselves better and the inauthentic parts of us fall away, we can love others better by being what they need. So there may be times that you're in a group and you're extroverted and they need your leadership. And that can come out. There may be times where you're an extrovert, but you're in a one-on-one situation with someone pouring their heart out and they need you to be quiet and listen and minister to their soul and not tell stories and not tell about how you did the same thing. Just be quiet. Mm. Mm. I, I, we've got so many different visual examples now of, of like the wedding at Cana. And you often wonder through all the different versions that you've seen it physically on a TV or that you've read it in the scripture in that moment when Mary approaches Jesus and says, you know, that they're out of wine. Do you, do you think Jesus wants to be the life of the party? Maybe he says it isn't time. You know, is that his introvert pulling him back? And then he becomes and, and performs his very first miracle. Does he recede into the in, into the background? Does he step forward and have a dance party? You know, all of those things are swirling right now when I think of Jesus um, and his authentic self. Because to your point earlier, I don't believe that we could classify him as one or the other because he was both at all times as God is, right? When I think of when I think of um, Jesus spending the significant parts of all of his time here on Earth pouring into people, um, we have to remember that he was the perfect man and that he was God in human flesh. And so, as much as we want to maybe examine the personality and his habits or his behaviors, um, we still have to look at him as a personality <laughs> of being God, the perfect being. The wedding at Cana. It's such a beautiful story. And I think the older I get, the more I read that story, the more I recognize there are so many things happening there that display the Father's love for us on so many levels. So the Bible says, honor your mother and father, and it will go well for you. And the wedding of Cain is a beautiful Mm. example of Jesus honoring his mother, even though it is not yet time for him to reveal himself. And he may not have planned for that to be his first miracle on his earthly life. He honors his mother and father. Jesus comes through. This, 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 the parents of this bride were going to be shamed, shamed in incredible ways. In that culture, running out of wine, I mean, th- this could like literally impact them for the rest of their lives, the shame they would carry from that. And God comes through for them. And Jesus is just so present. And he's, you know, I love the way that the chosen displays this episode. It's pretty incredible. And they show the personality of Jesus Wrestling with what's the right thing to do, honor my mother. Wrestling with recognizing I have a friend whose parents are going to be shamed and I'm going to step in and use my strength for them. Having fun with his friends at the party, being joyful, listening when he needs to listen, speaking when he needs to speak. It's not like situational ethics. Sometimes I worry about, no, this is Jesus saying, I'm so ever present, right? And as the poser falls away and the fruit of the Spirit comes out in us, we get more ability to be ever present. I'm so ever present. Then in each second that ticks by with each group, I'm aware of what's going on. I can love them the way I love myself and the way the father loves me. 
And the wedding in Cana is a great example of that. Just like the story of Gideon, the Lord knows Gideon needs reassurance. He needs signs that, yes, indeed, he's supposed to go do this thing that the Lord asked him to do. And he listens and comes through. He doesn't allow my personality trait to block the opportunity to allow the ministry of Christ to pour through him. I think what you said there was was really important because when you look at some of the biggest key moments in Jesus's ministry, or at least what what we can read out of scripture, the reason he can be authentic and the reason that he can be present, in my opinion, is because he is also taking time on his own to recharge. And in this case, a lot of his recharging was done in solitude in prayer. And so, I mean, I'm sure we could we could fire from the hip, Jay, and you can, you can think about all of the examples in the Bible from the woman in the well. I mean, he was sitting there in prayer by himself, sending his disciples ahead or into the, into the Samaritan city, right, as a Samaritan woman comes up. Um, I, I think of even before the 5,000 in the more recent episodes that we've been watching of The Chosen in season three, uh, you know, he was alone recharging before he withdrew or he, he withdrew his boat to a solitude place before he came back and the crowds followed him on foot. And then the final two that I have that come to mind, Jay, that I want to throw to you was he was away before he walked on water. And then, of course, on the most emotionally charged night of his life, um, we know from from Matthew that he was in the garden praying before he was arrested. You know what I, what I observe in all those stories, what I observe in the life of Jesus, is he rejects labels. He accepts only one label. I do the will of my father. That's the only label he'll accept. I I and my father are one. So introvert, extrovert, healer, crazy man, king, Messiah. He he just doesn't give in to any of that. And as we turn the corner, what I would invite you to think about is what are the labels of the world that you have accepted for yourself and you play those roles in the different scenarios where you're at, have you accepted I'm the life of the party? Mm. And so when you go in, feel the pressure to perform to that. Have you accepted I'm an introvert and I don't share my thoughts and feelings? I don't do that. You accepted I'm I'm uh, short tempered, and so I'm just going to explode on people, and it's just the way it's going to be. Jesus says this about us: You are a new creation in Christ. You no longer live, but you identify with His resurrection, which means that you. And Christ are one, and you do the will of your Father hmm. through Christ Jesus. Wow, what if we all just accepted that label? And just, what are you? I, I'm a new creation. I identify with the death and resurrection of my Savior, whose life now is lived through me, and uh, I do the will of my Father. Well, what about right now? Well, what's happening right now? Oh, I'm in a room with somebody who's hurting. Oh, I'm at a business meeting, and strategy's gone off, and the company's struggling. Oh, I'm, well, what would Jesus do? Jesus would say, Father, what do you have for us in this moment? Right. I'm in no way saying that this is the way I operate my life. I would love to operate my life that way. Want to operate my life this way. But Chica, as you know, I've been through a pretty stressful last three months and there were moments when I operated that way. But there was a lot of moments when I took on the labels of what I had decided I was. Leader, this, that, the other, anxious, angry. And allowed those labels to drive how I was feeling in the moment rather than. Mm. Such a good rap, Jay, and such a good 
action item for our listeners to, to kind of walk away from. And so if labels is new for you and, and exploring what labels have been put on you or what labels you've attached and, and agreed that are mm. you, I, I think that this week it's really a, a week of reflection. You know, when, when I, I love to call them baseline behaviors, when you're with this group in this, you know, setting, what role do you play and what baseline behaviors do you go to? As Jay said, are you the funny guy? Are you the follower? You know, where, where do you fit in, in those specific circles? Um, and what are your baseline behaviors? It's a great reflection to look through. And then when you've got the labels and maybe next week we continue this conversation in a different direction, um, you know, how do we, how do we untie the labels? How do we break those agreements um, and then find ourselves finding ourselves more authentic because of it? I think that's exactly where this conversation goes. Okay, I've got this set of labels. How did I get them? What do I do with them? And I had a, a, a very powerful prayer person say to me this week, the danger of those labels, those agreements, is they almost become like covenants. Mm. Huh. And then they become idols in our life. And so exactly, we'll come back next week and we'll talk some more about well, now I've got this bag of labels. What do I do with it? Well, the first thing you got to understand is where did I get it? And then we go back to the work Nancy and Chica did that says, okay, I've identified where I got it. I got to go back into that situation, memory, and I've got to figure out with Jesus, well, what do I do with that and bring healing there so I can exchange that label that I no longer want for the one that God wants me to have. I'm going to pray, Jay. Thank you again for the conversation. And Lord, we sit before you wondering, you know, how many agreements have we made that aren't truly authentic to following you? And Lord, as we unpack that this week, we just ask that you step into the conversation that we have with ourselves and that we just can be still enough to listen. We can recharge with you so that maybe you can point out a couple of areas that we can continue to unblock so that we can get to you faster and go deeper with you in relationship. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for this podcast. We thank the listeners for tuning in and we'll see everybody next week. We say all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.